It's gonna be fun. This is the way it should be. That's right. <laughs> so they actually played some stuff earlier. They recorded I was talking to you earlier. Well they recorded some they recorded when you and I were talking just as a test. And it sounded okay. cool. So this is I'm just double checking here. This is audio only, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you, okay, don't, you, don't, you don't think that this is this is worthy of a video setup? Yeah. Right. Well, I just thought the ceiling fan, I mean, I could point it at my own ceiling fan, and then we could have kind of like a, you know. Dueling ceiling fans? <laughs> yeah. Right. That's all it is. That'll, we just have video. Well, with video now. <laughs> That'd be really compelling video. People would still watch it, though. Dude, that'd I know. Be hilarious. Well. Yeah, they, they, I mean, there's like a, like one of the first, like, before it was even called streaming, like a live feed was like the fish tank. Like the people yeah. had the camera on the fish tank yeah. and that's what you would watch. <laughs> and that was the internet before it was cool. <laughs> that was just cats and meat. Yep. True. And cis popping. Oh, oh gross. Oh, that stuff is so filthy. Yeah. There's a TLC show about it now, like a literal TV Dr. show. Dr. Pimple Popper. Why nah, do you know the name of that? Because I watch it. That's such trash, dude. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> oh, I know. There's a, yeah, there's a whole like culture, like a terrible culture behind it. I don't understand. I just don't like that you, you questioned why I knew it. Because it's awesome. It's not awesome. <laughs> one out of no, yeah, one out of four say that it's awesome, and so that's not good. This is bad numbers. Yeah. yeah. Not good statistics. We're we're the, we're the loud minority. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> That's true. All right, so let's get this started. You guys ready? Yeah. All right. So you're gonna bring them in? Sure. Alrighty. All right, guys. Welcome back, and we're here with the creators from Heirs of Azildor, and we've got a new project that they they're gonna be talking about. They got a GoFundMe page for it, all sorts of stuff. Um, so. Jason, I'm Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, this so, is Matt. So real quick, you guys want to introduce? Because we 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 had you guys on before, but just so people don't know, you just want to give a quick rundown of who you guys are. Hey, I'm uh, Matt Knowles. He's pointing at can you. I you can't accept see. Cannon? And um, yeah, I know I can't. I can't. She's looking. I was like, I was like, but people I, don't I, know she's looking at the fan. Right? And if yeah. You can't and if you can't tell, we're recording today's episode through. Two iPads, a laptop, a yeah. cell phone a camera that are that... all being held up by the microphone that should be recording the entire episode. Right. It's not because it's not working. And she's staring up at the ceiling. And also 3,000 miles distance. Yeah, well, she's yeah. 3,000 miles distance. Yep. That's right. She had to eat dinner at about lunchtime to make sure that she was squared away for this. Oh, my God. So where, so where are you <laughs> at? Where are you? Where... I'm in California. Oh, okay. Wow. Yep. So anyways, I'm Matt Knowles, and this is Steph Cannon. Um, she's probably Hello. about the same size as this phone right now as it is. So this is actually like a one-to-one ratio of her actual body. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> that's yeah. fair. I can see um, all of her. And we <laughs> operate under the umbrella name of Insymmetry Creations because we have a bunch of different uh, titles that we write under. Yep. We have Heirs of a Door, which we have. We just released the 10th issue. We are doing a Kickstarter right now for Tales from Nocturnia, which is a spinoff from Heirs. And we'll talk a little bit later more about how that actually spins off. And then we do have a title that's going to drop on Alterna Comics in Q1 of 2020 that comes off of the two-page story Hexed that Steph did that was published in. It came out on a Wednesday, number one, on Alterna. Nice. That's awesome. Well, um, so we had you on before. Uh, a lot of people picked up the thing. 
and we got I had a bunch of people come up to me this last week and you guys released your alternative artwork for one and two, correct? Yes. Airs of Azul are one and two. Yep. And they love the new artwork. Um the old stuff was amazing, but this stuff is next level. Um explain why you guys kinda went in with an alternative artwork for one and two. Okay, so um I'll take that one to start. So Halfway through the series, uh, we switched artists. We had an artist that did one through most of five and most of six. And um, we were working with Javi. Javi actually is indirectly part of the reason why Steph and I even met. She had done a one-page story called Boot Hill. Mm-hmm. And that was actually it was really well done. It was uh, one of the Ghost City Comics finalists. And um, it's up on Steph's webpage. And we met through the the amazing art on that page i'm like man this looks really good she had a really good presence and we she and i became friends and you know you know business partners all that you know since then um when we started having the issues it was clear that where errors needed to go and where our previous artist was where what his limitations were as far as his schedule were they were just starting to become incompatible um we had already had javi work on the video for the song Love Lorn Betrayal for the lyric video. And so we already knew that not only did Steph have a good relationship with Javi, but we as a group had a great relationship as well. Mm-hmm. And I asked Steph, I said, Hey, you know, what do you think about asking Javi to come in and do these things? Because one of the things that I feel is I, it really drives me nuts when you're like, Hey, you know, Jason's working, you know, with Josh mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and um, somebody else is going to come in and be like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to ask, you know, you know, Josh to go be my artist too not giving a crap about how it's going to affect your projects. Right, yeah. right. And so, you know, Steph and I had a talk, and I'm like, you know, are you okay with us asking? She's like, absolutely. Javi's a great guy and a great artist. And um, we asked him, and we started a new way of working when it came to working with Javi. What I mean by that was, originally the series is like an ebook, and it was became it was text that was supported by pictures. It mm-hmm. wasn't like a true comic. Yes. And as we moved forward and as Javi started to develop more with the art, it started to become more of a comic where the text is supporting the pictures, yeah. not the other way around. Right. Exactly. So we got to December. We had done a bunch of shows. We did the Black Friday event here. Mm-hmm. And we we're doing inventory. And I only had a couple of copies left of one and a couple of copies left of two. We were in the midst of doing the art for issue nine, which is a very involved issue. Mm-hmm. And I went to Steph and I was like, look, I don't want to be reprinting issues one and two because what happened and one of the things that was very clear like even at the black friday event here was i don't like making excuses for what we're doing Mm -hmm. hey here's issue one you're really gonna like it but you really want to go look at issue seven which is the first one that javi did all the art on Mm -hmm. because then you're kind of like not talking down about your own stuff but some people aren't going to get past issue one if they don't like issue one they're not going to go and read up through Right. Issue seven, seven, issue eight, right, whatever. Eight, nine. So we wanted to make sure that if all somebody picked up was issue one, they were going to be able to see the same artwork. Yeah, the same artwork. Yeah. Seven. Exactly. They wanted. They were going to be able to see what we were all about, what Steph and Matt and Javi were as a group and as a team. And because um, okay, so, sorry to interrupt. No so problem. like, so you would think like the, you're, you're the, allowed to the alternative stuff like uh, better fits the vision that you originally had. Well, I, I wouldn't say better fit the original vision that I originally had. I would say better fits the vision that it evolved it, it involved into. into. Right. Okay. Um, I learned a lot uh, with the way that I structured the original issues and what I thought I wanted to do then. Right. Um, 
wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. One of my favorite lines in in all of moviedom is at a weird science, mm-hmm. where um, you know the one girl asks, you know, how could how, how how do I compare to Lisa, this girl they created in the you know basically in the laboratory? And he's right. like, Lisa's exactly what I wanted in a girl before I knew what I wanted in a girl. Right. And That's the perfect. the original heirs issues were exactly what I wanted before I really knew what I wanted. Right. Yeah. And it took. Working with Steph and having Steph integrated into the team and working with Javi and having Javi integrated into the team before it was really realized how we wanted the, the issues to set up. So when it came to doing issues one and two, we went back to Javi and we're like, hey, man, there's a lot of stuff we, we feel it could be done better to, to show the series better. And we started off, we're like, oh, we're just going to go and do a few panels. Right. We'll do a few panels. <laughs> and that started to become the biggest nightmare known to man because Javi would do like, I think we started off with 15 panels. I'm like, oh, these things yeah, look great. Yeah, and small amount. Then we sat them next it to the other snowball. panels. And it didn't mean the other panels were bad. It was just like trying to put a Volkswagen part into a Chevy. Yeah. You know, the Volkswagen part works here. The Chevy part works here. Don't put them together. Right. So the next thing you knew, he was up to about 60 panels that were either added or redone to try to make it more consistent. Gotcha. And, um, just kind of went from there and that's nice. that's the way the art is for nocturnia nocturnia is going to be all hobby art mm-hmm. and the new airs issues obviously are i mean if you picked up issue 10 that's out there you see it's full comic form now mm-hmm. um the series that's going to be on alterna is the same you know myself steph and hobby and then a guy named marshall sriberung is going to be the letterer on that so gotcha. consistency yeah, across the titles yeah and you talk about like evolving platforms we we kind of went through the evolving platform because this was Originally, the show was how can we be the most jerkish people we can be. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. And, <laughs> and did that did that change? Well, yeah. oh, it could be. well, it, it could be. It could be. Yeah. It could um, be. Uh, we can be nice uh, to one of you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, but no, it it did. It evolved. Well, the whole channel evolved. So I started doing this like four years ago, and it started off with my friend. Uh, Paul and Dale and I, and and I've known them for 20 plus years now, and uh, it was lots, it was mostly just going to be video games, just us doing old school video games or new video games as it came out, but everything was very video game centric, and then we moved into doing what we call one day films, where we try to film and edit. write and edit an entire like video in a day, just as, as fast as we can, uh, and then it evolved into us doing podcasts like we're doing now, and and uh, it's gotten. Yeah, I go back and look at some of the old stuff, and I and I feel you where I'm not. I'm like, this is entirely bad. Like it's not, but I see the new stuff, and I'm just. I feel so much better about it. Yeah. It's a new love that I didn't think that I would have. Like and, like you said, we didn't. I thought it was just going to do video game stuff forever. I didn't think I was going to do podcasts, especially. It's not that I don't like comics or anything, but I never thought I'd be interviewing people with comic books. And I was in kind of that position that you were in with Javi. I came in. Me and Jason immediately clicked, and we're like, we gotta film some, we gotta record something together, because we're those two type of friends where if you didn't know we were friends, you'd think we were mortal enemies. Fair. How bad we it's make fair. fun of each other. It's fair. It's fair. Um, so, but we we love hearing people like, God, that's brutal. No, it's not. That's. It's not. That's it's us. Just, that's us having fun. Yeah, yeah man. Right. That, that's yeah. guy bonding, man. If you're it's not busting, if you're not busting balls, you don't really like the yeah, person. Right, it's true. And that's what right. this whole podcast was meant to be: was us just 
busting balls on news stories, and it's evolved into yeah. something where like, we... Hey, let's talk to other people about yeah. it, too. Yeah, so it's it's become a lot of fun. We usually tell stories about poop, though. There's probably oh, at least dude. always one poop story. Dude, yeah. that's... Please, please allow... The, please that's let there be poop stories. Yeah. yeah. I will tell you, the, fir- the first thing that Steph and I bonded over, we actually laughed about that today, was we were in the middle of a conversation, and she kept on saying these things that, that just the second half of the sentence, I kept was just like... I was like, all right, dude, I just, I got to say it. That's what she said. I'm, I'm withholding saying that. She's like, she goes, I'm like, I say that all the time. She's like, really? I say that to everything. She's like, I am like a serial offender. And I'm like, all right. I'm like, I've been holding back all this time. <laughs> yeah, like a fart. Yep. So, yeah. so uh, oh, one of the first conversations that me and Jason had on the phone was we're sitting there on the phone talking, and this is about a year and a half ago, and, uh, Jason goes, what was that? And I had just flushed the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> so we bonded very quickly. Yeah. Um, Poop buddies. You know, but, um, so, um, so what have you guys been up to? We, we kind of want to get a recap since the last time we saw you. Um, just kind of figure out what's been up with you two. So when were, when were we in, or was it January that we were in? Just yeah, after we were, issue nine? Yes. Yeah, I think it was January. Yeah. yeah. So had uh, we done? Did we do the? Uh, had we done the Renegade Steampunk Fair, the one at the flea market at that you point? Had, you were you were prepping for that. Okay. Oh, that's right. Because we came in here, we did that interview, then we went and did Renegers. That's right. So, yeah, that that Renegers show actually started a pretty wild set of shows for us because with stuff being in California, there were some things that we just couldn't do together, and she's like, "We're like, hey, you know what?" I'll hit as many things as I can here. She'll hit as many things as she can there. And then the shows we can do together, we will. Because, you know, f- since she hasn't moved here yet, we'll just cover as much ground as we can. Mm-hmm. So she was here for the Renegers show. We did that interview. And it was interesting because when we first went there, if you've never been to Renegers, it is a legit flea market. Mm-hmm. And they run a steampunk day twice a year. That's and awesome. we got there and uh, we walked around early in the morning. And Steph's like, dude this really is like a flea market. And the tone in her voice and the look on her face was like, what the hell do we... What are we doing here? Yeah, like, what the hell do we get ourselves into? But once people started showing up, she's like, this is legit. And people really took to us there. I mean, one of the things about us is having a foot in the comics world and a foot in the steampunk world and a foot in the the metal music world. We get all kinds of people that will support us. Mm. And... Coming from metal, it is the weirdest thing every time it happens when somebody that is a senior citizen, 70s, whatever it may be, will come up to our table and they talk to us and they're like, how much for everything? And we tell them, they're like, yep, I want one of everything. And I'm like, okay. I said, just so you know, this is an extreme metal CD over here. And they're like, I don't care. I still want it because you guys are cool and I want your stuff. And I'm like... I feel like we've sold more metal <laughs> CDs to senior citizens than to metal fans. It's the weirdest thing I've ever yeah. seen. Hey, you're keeping them alive, man. Yeah, right? Yeah. But, um, the heart right there. But we did uh, Renegers, and then I'll let Steph tell you a little quick one about the next thing that we did, which was absolutely hilarious. She did a comic writers meetup in Los Angeles. That's awesome. Yeah, so I drove to Los Angeles, which is about a three hour drive from where I'm at in central California. And I was, uh, it was February, beginning of February. So I was sick and woke up that morning. I was like, you know what? A lot of our, our friends and contacts that Matt and I have both made online are going to be there. And we're thinking, you know, this is a good opportunity. It's a great time to network face to face. So you get a little bit of a different feel when you're actually face.
face-to-face with people. So I was mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to suck it up and go. And it's California, but for some strange reason, I ran into every weather phenomenon known to man. <laughs> so on the way there, sick as a dog, it was extreme hail that chipped my windshield and pouring rain. And got there, had a great time with everybody. And then I get a, a message from a friend of mine who was traveling home that day as well from San Diego. And she's like, you need to leave now because they're about ready to close this. It's called the grapevine. It's this, it's this gray that separates kind of central California from southern California. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I took off on the phone with Matt as we're kind of dissecting our day. And I'm like, this looks fine. I mean, I don't, I don't see any snow because that's what she was saying. You know, there was snow. There's snow on the grapevine. And yeah, nope, ran into a total snowstorm, stuck Jesus. on the top of this mountain. I mean, and I don't, I'm, I'm a Californian, you guys are Floridians, we don't know how to drive in the snow. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not, it's not, we actually, we have mountains here that we can go and play in the snow, so I have snow chains in my car, but I don't know how to put them on. She so I'm, yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of freaking out a little bit, I've got like a quarter of a tank of gas, it, the sun has gone down, I can no longer see the hill because it's just all snow. And yeah, I was a good like hour stuck on there. Eventually, yeah. we started moving again, and come to find out, it was like an eleven car pileup that I had narrowly missed. And, Jeez. Uh, well, so, let's yeah, was... <laughs> let's make let's make sure that we recount this accurately. There was no little bit of freak out in there. She's like, she's like, holy crap, I'm going to get stuck on the inter- I'm going to get stuck in the snow. So I had her video chat me. She video chatted me from the interstate, sitting there. She was stuck in the interstate for an hour. And I'm like, pan your phone around for me a little bit. So she panned it around, and I'm like, you see four lanes of traffic going this way, stop, semis and everything, four lanes going that way. I'm like, there is no way you're dying in the snow yeah. <laughs> when you've got hundreds of cars out there. And right. it was, yeah, you can open the door and knock on the next yeah. one's window. Yep, yeah, get, yeah getting her back yeah, down. She's, people, are, yeah. people are getting out and putting chains on their car, and I'm like, well, I guess I could ask somebody, but no, it was like 10 miles an hour driving down, because it's a really steep grade down. I mean, it's yeah. no joke. And then um, finally made it off, and it was like, okay, I gotta get into a gas station. And then there was like three gas stations that were all the pumps were closed. It was just all this random, weird stuff that just basically told me you should <laughs> never have done this. But in fact, it was actually really good. It was still worth it. We still, it was still worth it. So yeah, that, that started yeah, that was, off. That a, it, it started off a pretty crazy chain of events for us because the next weekend I did Sci-Fi Bartel, which they had a steampunk. Um, there's Sci-Fi Barton did Steampunk as their theme this year. Mm. And there was about 30,000 people at that event, which was completely insane. Like, Jeez. you would never think that Bartow, Florida could bring 30,000 people in there. But um, we got done with Sci-Fi Bartow and got home and immediately went into food poisoning like you would not believe. I thought I was going <laughs> to die. And then the next day... My daughter got home from school. She's like, I don't think I feel so good. And then started projectile vomiting. My wife got home from work. She started projectile vomiting. It was oh just vomit central at my house. So <laughs> this is on a, this is on Sunday that we had Sci-Fi Bartow. Right. And then, or sorry, I don't even one of those. But then we had a show at Acme Comics in, in, uh, in Orlando the next weekend. Right. I'm like, holy crap, I better get better because I was, you know, vomiting. I mean, I, I wasn't vomiting. I was just, I thought I was going to die. I was so sick. So barely was able to get myself back under control. Right. And uh, went down there, did the show, had Matt from VG's there. And I'm definitely going to call Matt Foot out on this. So um, <laughs> Matt was Matt, there. Matt's been on the show before. Yep. So ha- had Matt Foot there. He was at the table right beside me. And um, about halfway through the day, 
I look over and I'm like, Matt, dude, are you doing okay? And he's like, no, dude, I am not doing okay. I'm like, you got food poisoning? He's like, no, dude, I think I picked up the flu from somebody. And he was, he just turned into a zombie right there beside me. He's like, guys, I got to leave. I got to go because I'm so sick. Sure as crap, man. The next week, two days later, I had the same flu that he did. And I had that thing for like a month. I had um, a buddy of mine did a, uh, Joel Rodriguez from Dust County Chronicles did a Kickstarter launch. And I had to make a decision at 1230 if I was going to drive down to do his show for him. At 1145, I'm on with Steph. And I'm like, I don't think I can physically get in the car. I don't think I can do it. And I'm like, I've never canceled out an event in my life. At 1210, I'm like, screw it. I'll make it happen. Went down there and did it. Still sick as a dog. Um, then we had, what, a week or two before, after that, before we did everything for ECCC in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Went to ECCC, and I was sick all the way up to ECCC. Mm-hmm. I was okay for ECCC. We got through that, which was an incredible show. There's over 100,000 people there, and it's the one drawback. It sounds like the drawback is the similar to, to Dragon Con in Atlanta, where it covers so much physical ground. Right. Yeah. The main stage was three blocks away from the actual event venue, yeah, so it made it... ECCC, if you don't know, it, it pretty much covers an entire town. Yeah, it's, it's, and, it is enormous. It's enormous. And, they, they have two conference centers that they take with yeah, the Washington the, State Convention Center, Tacoma Convention, Convention Center. One time that I, that I read, they were, they, a few years ago, they had it at three places and had buses transporting people between them. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a huge con. I mean, I'll tell you, well, it's one of the the, the four biggest in the country, and one of the th- ECCC is my favorite one that I've been to, mm-hmm. just because they put so much emphasis on getting comic writers and artists and people like that out there. They their artist alley probably had five to six hundred people in there. Um, it was it was outrageous. That's it took up the entire sixth floor of the Washington State Convention Center. Uh, there were so many people. They had some of them on the fourth floor with the regular vendors. Um, you know, Brian Polito from Lady Death had an incredible setup there. Uh, we spent a lot of time talking with them, Dirk Manning, um, a bunch of the people that are who's who, you know, in the yeah. comic industry were there. It was a really good event. Um, oh, we... Before ECCC, I flew from California to Florida, spent a day there. We got no sleep the night before at all. Literally jumped on a plane at 5 a.m. to fly to Seattle together. Yes. What I'm hearing from what I'm hearing from you guys' stories wow. is that heirs of Isildur is going to have to take out insurance. <laughs> we might have to. <laughs> we might have to. Yeah. Well, well, just wait. Yeah. See, there's more. <laughs> yeah. So, so we went to yeah. So what she said was, we were working on this campaign. We needed to have the campaign for Tales from Attorney, which we'll talk a little bit more about in a little bit. Um, we need to have the the trailer video for that done before ECCC so we could show it to people. Mm-hmm. Well, our artist, Javi, got us the last piece of art at 1 o'clock in the morning the oh, day wow. before we flew out. We had to leave my house at 2 o'clock in the morning to drive to Tampa. So we had one hour to finish. the. I mean, the video was basically together. We had one hour to get it mm-hmm. finished and get it staged everywhere it needed to be. So there was literally zero sleep, hopped in the car, drove to Tampa, to fly to Charlotte, to fly to Seattle, checked into the hotel, went straight to the convention center, and promptly sat down in a Kickstarter discussion with Kalen Smith and Dirk Manning, who are two of the most successful people on Kickstarter ever, and I completely fell asleep as hard as I've ever fallen asleep in public in my life. And <laughs> <laughs> it was it was so bad we it's actually like chin and chest. It was so bad we actually went up oh, to yeah. went actually went up to their booth and actually apologized. I'm like, just so you know, it had nothing to do with your, you know, your presentation. Well, you, yep. 
but it actually was kind of cool. We struck up a good a good conversation, a little friendship with those guys based nice. on that. We're like, you know, that's you know, they're like, you didn't get any sleep yet. We're like, yeah, it was like eight o'clock. I think eight o'clock. We're back to the the hotel and out for yeah. the rest of the night. Just, but we came back from that and got ready to do Spooky Empire. Steph yeah, got Empire. horribly ill between ECCC yeah, and Spooky. Thanks a lot, Matt from <laughs> VGs. Yeah. yeah, Matt from VGs. Look at all this stuff he's causing. But yeah, she uh. She was sick as a dog the whole time between ECCC and Spooky Empire. So she's at my house, basically, you know, the, the old cartoon where you've got like the, the towel wrapped around you and the thermometer and all that kind of stuff. That's how she was. She was out. And you were probably sick all the way through the last day of Spooky. I mean, it was, she had a oh, laugh. absolutely. I, I was. was. I, know I, yeah, I, I love Spooky was. Empire and um, a lot of those, I love those horror cons. And the last one I went to, I was sick. And I went to um, Walker Stalker, uh, which is another horror con, which bases a lot of it on The Walking Dead. And yes. The Walking Dead is their, is their go-to. And I walked up, and I meet Norman Reedus, and my my nose is running. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sitting up there, and he's like, are you okay, dude? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, uh, we won't shake. But, uh... <laughs> You want to take a picture? We'll do double fingers, and that's that's my profile picture on social media is me doing the finger with uh, Norman Reedus. And if you don't know, I have a hundred and three degree temperature in that photo. Wow, oh that's really that's really amazing zombie makeup you have going on there. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah. Then we uh, Steph flew back to California, and she did WonderCon. She was at WonderCon for all three days. She was tabling over there. She was on the Alterna Comics panel. Um, at WonderCon, and then she was back for one day, and then we launched the Kickstarter for Tales from Nocturnia. So it's been freaking ridiculous. Yeah, that's, it's been you absurd. Guys have been very, very busy. Um, so Tales from Nocturnia, what? It, um, tell us about it. What is it? All right. So Tales from Nocturnia is a medieval spinoff from Heirs of a Sealdor. So the way that it spins off in Heirs of a Sealdor, it's all about time travel in reverse. It's not about going out and getting your time machine and going all around to different places and getting in the DeLorean and trying to, you know, stop Biff Tannen and 1955 and all that. Right, right. Um, it's more about people being brought from their timeline into Another the timeline of the main character, Michael Isildur. Mm-hmm. Well, in issue six, there is a medieval king that is pulled into our steampunk storyline. Mm-hmm. And the king gets pulled in there just after he has executed his best friend for having an affair with the queen. The queen commits suicide at the execution because she couldn't live with seeing... The best friend die right. and not her. The king decides that, you know, he has to go get his head back about himself. He rides a horse out into the wilderness to try and, you know, get his head back about him. He gets pulled through a portal into the heirs of a Sealdor timeline. Mm-hmm. Well, Steph and I were looking at some of the art that Javi was sending through, and there was a very specific panel where you see, we had told Javi we wanted to see both bodies on the execution stage. Well, Javi decided he wanted to make that picture more centric about the executioner kind of looking back up at the king's booth. And you could just see like a little piece of a foot here and a little piece of a leg there. That's right. And just the way that he drew it made Steph and I look at each other and go, hey, I wonder what's going through that guy's head. I wonder what's happening in this kingdom who just lost all their leadership. And from right then, the story was born. Mm -hmm. And it's about the... It, it's the the main character, which we don't really want to say main character, is very much an ensemble cast, is Benedict the Executioner. Mm-hmm. And the struggle of 
how this kingdom is trying to rebuild itself with no leadership. There's an imminent threat from the forces of darkness that they have always known was there. And now they're like, how are we going to do this without the king, the right-hand man, the queen? Who's even in charge? Nobody has any blueprint for it. Um, it's been really fun to put together. It's been it's been a really it's been a wild ride, especially doing the Kickstarter has been a wild ride. Right. But it's been uh, super fun putting it together. We've had a lot of fun making the graphics for it and and um, just finding a way to expand the universe before you even get a pickup issue one, so that way you're going to know the characters and understand the vibe before you even have that issue. In and your for hand. and for people. Um... And for people listening, you don't have to have read Heirs of Isildur to be able to, if Tales, Tales of Nocturnia, um, do you need to have that as a basis, or can you read when Tales comes out? Yeah, is, you it gonna, can, is it like standalone, or I mean, is it... It's it's one of those things where it's it's the series itself is completely standalone, right. okay. but that doesn't mean that you can't get a little bit of additional gotcha. flavor by understanding what happens in airs. It's kind of like with airs and the music. Mm. You can listen to the metal CD and enjoy it without the comics. You can read the comics without the metal CD, but right. you put them together, you'll get a little bit right. different feel. Right. Okay. So yeah, it's definitely designed to be completely standalone. And one of the cool things we did in the series was the individuals in the kingdom, they have no idea that the king was pulled through a portal into the timeline of Heirs of Isildur. All they know is the king left, okay. and the king did not come back. Mm. So there are some individuals that are completely loyal to the king. The king's going to come back. We know he's not. We know he's going to come back. He just needed to, to clear his head. And there's others that are like, no, the king has abandoned us. Look, he's already gone and killed this person, blah, blah, blah. Because they don't have that knowledge that we do as the third party looking down in. Right. They don't know what a portal is. They don't know what this yeah. kind of mystical stuff is. So right. it's created an interesting dynamic because we're on the outside going, look, listen here, you dummy. Your king's not coming back. But they don't know that. Right, right. Yeah. So you guys have a GoFundMe page going for this. You, I looked at it. You, it's doing really well. But give everybody the... Um, what they what they search for on GoFundMe. Well, they have the Kickstarter. You have a GoFundMe. Oh, Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Yeah, Kickstarter. 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. That's right. Yeah. The, like, I always get... Uh... It's all right. So um, we actually set up our main URL for TalesFromNocturnia.com to actually redirect straight to Kickstarter because okay. Kickstarter doesn't give you any short links. Right. So we just set up TalesFromNocturnia.com to get there. Mm -hmm. um, right now, we're actually six days into the 30-day campaign, and we're at 78% funded, which is, on one hand, it's amazing, but I can tell you that very quickly, one of the things that Steph and I have learned is the highs and lows, the ups and downs of Kickstarter campaigns. Um, Kickstarters, historically, and you can actually go look at kicktrack.com, as you can look at every Kickstarter that's ever been done and see what they raised every single day. Right. The first couple days of a campaign are by far the most important because that's when you're going to get your, your, either your money backers or your, your, your ardent supporters that are yeah. going to come in. And we had a lot of really, really good support. Um, the Kickstarter page where it's got like the, the dollar amount and the backer numbers, you can actually walk the, watch those things count up when somebody um, backs you. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the coolest feelings in the world. But then we also learned very, very quickly how pitiful it is when you have a day with zero people back you. We're like, does anybody even love us anymore? Does anybody even know we exist? Oh, this is horrible. Oh, yeah. Everyone warned us. about it and experience it are two different things and fortunately i mean we have a lot of friends who are running kickstarter campaigns expertly but by themselves and i was thinking about it the other day and i'm like man that must be really tough to go through those inevitable slumps by yourself I'm so glad that matt and i have each other to kind of 
you know, we know we feel exactly the same way, and there is a little bit of solace in that. Um, so that is, if I have to say anything about about those inevitable slump days, is at least we have each other to get through that. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, it's it's fun. It's interesting because once you get to that that number, you know, it's all or nothing. So you could get ninety nine percent. If you don't get that one hundred percent, you get nothing. Mm. Um, once you get to the number, you could still right. Yeah, like. Brian Polito was what was his at thirty two thousand I think or nineteen thousand was what he said as his his goal to get right. the first day and they just cleared three hundred twenty three thousand at the end of the campaign for Lady Death so you can still get more money right. than that but people set up stretch goals we have a lot of really cool stretch goals set up mm-hmm. um, so that once we get to the thirty eight fifteen limit which was a you know very very well thought out number to get to that point which mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, once we get to thirty eight fifteen you know we have some stretch goals set up because. I'll say one of the things that we've learned, um, and we had a lot of going to Seattle, going to Orlando back to back. One of the things we really learned, and I think you guys know it from being in here too, there is not a lot of money in being a comic book writer. Right. A comic book writer is a position that is designed to completely pillage your bank account. Um, artists make a lot of money at it. Writers make nothing. You don't make money as a creator by selling one issue here one issue there of your comic books and um one of the things we had a pretty stark realization we're like look anybody in the indie comic scene that is that is doing anything everybody's got some kind of crowdfunding out there Mm -hmm. right everybody's doing something to be able to to it's not even supplement their income it's to make sure that they actually have an income to be able to base their projects on and then going out and doing shows um becomes a support for the crowdfunding campaigns and Kickstarter is actually the third largest place where people buy comics period. That's like Marvel DC and then Kickstarter, which is nuts. Yeah. People don't realize like we, we opened up a Patreon for the exact same thing. We ran through YouTube, but YouTube is notorious for not being great when it comes to monetization. No, not at all. Uh, So we ran a lot of stuff and most, a lot of YouTubers now will run through Patreon. There's a lot of, it's a lot more open than it used to be. There's a lot of independent and third-party companies that will help you out, like with T-shirts. There's with wrestling. Most wrestling, if you're an independent wrestler at all, if you're not WWE, you have a pro wrestling tee. That's just what it is. ProWrestlingTees.com is where you will find their shirts because it's just become it, it's it's so much easier, so much more mainstream for you to be able to do things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um... Just uh, want to go forward and just remind people where you guys are at. Um, what is your social media? What do they search for on social media to find you guys and that sort of stuff? Right. We'll we'll link everything in the descriptions, obviously, but we want them to yeah like, hear it yeah, from right. you guys. You want to you want to hit some of these social medias? We got about a paragraph of social media. So. Oh yeah, let's hear them. So we'll start we'll start with uh, our tales from Nocturnia social media since that is our current campaign that's going on again you can go you can just type in tales from nocturnia.com and that gets you directly to our, the kickstarter campaign that's going on till may 1st um we are on twitter as tf nocturnia and we are also tales from nocturnia on facebook and then heirs of a is on everything heirs of a twitter facebook and instagram um the umbrella company of insymmetry creations where you can see stuff from all of it um we actually will be within the next few weeks we had to change the name of hexed which is why we always say a story based on the two-page story of hexed there was a little legal issue 
around making a, it was one thing to have a, a story name text. It was another thing to have a series name text. And we've actually settled on the new name. And we're going to be announcing that at some point soon on um, one of probably one of the one of the alternate comics lives broadcasts. Right. But um, to be able to get information about that, you can go to uh, on Facebook. It's just slash in sim i n s y m on Twitter. It's in sim creations. Um, and um, what are we leaving out? Are we leaving something out? I think that's good. Well, I mean, we have our well, we have our own. Yeah, we have our own personal pages. Yeah. And you, I mean, you, you want to bring up? You guys going to be at Daytona um, Comic Con? Yeah, I'll be at Daytona, and um, I've actually got four panels. Um, Rob Anderson and Indy, uh, there's going to be the Indy Takeover Part 2, and they basically gave him control of the vast majority of the um, of the panel rooms. Okay. And so across Saturday and Sunday, I've got two panels on Saturday, two panels on Sunday. One of the ones I'm looking the most forward to is about branding in 2019. Mm -hmm. And if you've ever seen Steph and I, or you've ever seen me at a show, you know, I'm always head to toe steampunk because mm -hmm. that's just part of the environment, right. part of bringing the stories out of the page right. and into your lap, so to speak, figuratively, of course. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we'll be at, I'll be at Daytona. And then... We've got a crap ton of interviews. I know we got, um, we're going to be on Drawn Talk. We're going to be on Creator Talks. Um, then we're going to be at Megacon in Orlando on whatever it was, May 16th through 19th. Steph will be here for I'm going to be there, but you probably won't see me because I'm going to be in that Michael J. Fox line just sitting up there waiting to get see him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? Because you're somebody that would definitely blend into a crowd, man. That's I mean, right. Yeah, and Michael will never see you. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, honestly, that was a visual joke. Honestly, yeah. as uh, as uh, as cheesy as it sounds, the best place to find us right now is on TalesFromNocturnity.com on the Kickstarter page, because when you run a Kickstarter, that's such a big deal. Because yeah. you know you're talking about you know putting it all on the line. I mean, if you don't fund, which we're we're very confident we're going to fund, and we know that you know it would take something pretty catastrophic to not fund. But the earlier we fund the earlier we can get to the stretch goals. And a lot of the stretch goals we have are things like, how can we put it back in the hands of other people? Yeah. Um, we have a lot of uh, really awesome creators that have given us some of their content so that we can distribute that out to people because right. one of the great things about the comic industry is how much people want to help each other out. And the big phrase that you hear all the time is, is a rising tide raises all ships. Yeah. Right. And everybody's trying to raise each other up. And so that's what we want to do. And once we get to that point, then we can. So... Anything helps. I mean, if you're like, hey, I don't really know if I want to go and, uh, you know, spend money on a Kickstarter, you can go, you know, put a dollar in. You can go six bucks for something small. There's packages all up to 299 bucks. One of them, uh, we actually had somebody take one of our $299 tiers, which is a, a small recurring character that will be in both issues one and two. We've already, we said in that, we guarantee you won't make it out of issue two. We just can't tell you how yet. <laughs> but, um, you know, we've had a lot of really, really fun things like that. We have the guy that made uh, GB Leatherworks, Harrison from GB Leatherworks mm -hmm. is making the uh, leather gauntlets with the Which shield. incredible looking. Yeah. With the shield from the, um, from Nocturnia that he's actually hand engraving them on every one of them. So those are not machine made. He's actually hand doing everything. Jeez. That's awesome. And if you guys you guys need to go check those out. Yeah. You need to go check those out because they're really cool, one-of-a-kind items that you're going to get. Um, they're handmade, really cool. Um, you guys doing a bunch of cons. Check them out on all their social media. Um, make sure you follow us, Two Jerks, or at geekculture.com, g33kculture.com. Make sure to check them at TalesNocturnia.com. Um, that'll direct you to their Kickstarter. 
And I think that's all, guys. So yeah, it's great having you. Sounds good. Hey, one last thing. If you guys could do us a favor, um, you know, we talked about Steph and I were really sick for, you know, a couple of months. For some unknown reason, somehow that has gotten to Guatemala. And um, <laughs> our artist Javi, no. our, our artist Javi has been in the worst funk when it comes to being sick. Um, you know, we just talked to him today and we're just like, man, you like, dude, you sound terrible. We felt really bad for him. So if you guys want to shoot him a message and, you know, uh, you know, just say, hey, man, I hope you feel better. You know, probably help raise his spirits a little bit. He probably really, well. Yeah, I wish him well. He'd probably really enjoy that because and he's what's, been. what's he at on social Javi Lapara. Actually, it's Javi Lapara yeah. on, on um on Twitter, I think it's Javi Laps. Javi Laps. Javi Laps, feel better. God, I hope I don't get sick. Yeah. I'm going to blame you. You've got... Hey, if you get sick, blame Matt Foote. It's Matt Foote's fault. Matt Foote for BGs. Oh, God. Yeah, it's him. Yep. It's Matt Foote. We're just going to blame I'm deleting that episode if it's his fault. That episode is the contagion. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks so much for having us. Have a good one, guys. All right, see All right. All right. See ya. Bye. Yeah, when we uh, when we did spooky, we sat the.